dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, yeah, it's nice out, but I got a game tonight. We'll see how that goes. And, you know, I don't know. We're getting near con season again. I'll be in North Texas as usual, and I'll be running some games. And when con season starts, my thought go to thoughts go to pregens. Pregens and what that entails, and I've spoken about this before, but I figure it'd be, you know, good enough for a for another go round here, I can hit a few, uh, at least one nagging topic that's nagging me right now. In fact, we will talk about that after this. Pregens. Okay, pre-generated characters that players can pick up and play. Now, I don't mind people making characters as long as the process doesn't take forever and a day. Because you only got so much time at a convention in a game. Six hours, I say, at the most. So, I tend to offer pre-gens. And how far do you go with a pre-gen? See, I'm getting to the point where I don't care. To do, I don't like doing pre-gens. Mutant Future, I pr- pretty much found a, pr- uh, a character generator online and basically just, you know, plugged and played did it that way. I went. I usually go over them first, so there's that. But pregens to me are kind of a. I don't know. They suck into my time. Also, there's pregens for things like say you're doing something with an established base, like say emulating a TV or a show or a movie or something. At, I'm not. I'm talking about at a convention, at your own table. That's something else you got to make that work somehow but at a convention you can get away with making established characters and you know but what kind depending on the system what kind of power level do you make now for regular pregens all i do is give them the base stats and if it's something like mutant future give them some mutations if they're mutants or something like that but I pretty much leave a lot of it up to the player. I just give them enough to get them going, up and running. And then they can, you know, what's the name, this, that, and the other thing. Because they already got I already put the stats down there. Um, level, I usually keep it between first and third level. I figured that's a good, a good balance. Because sometimes you want characters with a little more oomph in there. So... And sometimes I don't even care what the level is. I'll just write them up. But established characters, you got to think about what power level they they have in the other format. For instance, I was thinking of running a Savage World game based on Johnny Quest. So you have to write up, and if you're going to let them play the main character, some people like, okay, you're in the world of, and then here's pre-gens that you can adapt to. But I think at a convention, it's more... It's more fun and it's more expedient if you take if you have enough established characters in the for, in the format, you can adapt those. So Johnny Quest, we have let's see one two three four, maybe five 
main characters. There's five characters right there. So we've got Dr. Quest, Race Bannon, Johnny Haji, and possibly, uh, what's her name, that girlfriend of uh, Jezebel. Okay. And I would probably, like my friend Tim Snyder, when he we did he did Mutant Future, he did Thunder Other Barbarian, he had all the main characters, but he also had a couple extras who were derivative of the main characters in case he had more people. Because you got to think about, okay, there's five characters. What if you have more than five players? Well, you're going to have to come up with something. So how what kind of power level do you put them at? In Savage Worlds, I don't think it matters as much because you can make them heroic or whatever, whatever the power levels are. In D&D, you just say, well, first to third level. Here, second level, uh, Barbarian. Or so I usually give them a class, too. And then let them go from there. But if you're doing established characters, you got to think about that. But don't think about it too much. Because you always have the opportunity of, tr- of doing things on the fly. Think of it this way. You're not in a regular campaign situation. So you're the guy behind the screen, the guy or gal behind the screen, with your hands on... Think of it as this way. Think of this from my radio, radio days. Think of it as you're doing a radio show and you've got the board in front of you, the soundboard, and you're adjusting things. That's what you're doing behind the screen. You're basically adjusting things. You've got your, your hands on a knob or a slider, and if things get too tough, you can dial it back. If they're not having enough fun, you dial it up and all that. And you could do the same thing with the pregens and the NPCs. You know, I've been surprised before, and that's okay. My Mutant Future game, two hours into the game, the main villain was dead because of what I gave them. And I managed to ad-lib my way out of that by still giving him a rousing finale, even though, even though the villain was dead. But his minions still kept going because they believed in what he was doing. Oh, he's dead. We've got to avenge him, blah, 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 blah. And they had a wonderful chase in the swamp. It was great. So losing your villain early is not the end of the world to me. But at the same time, you, you, you're going, okay, that guy over there, Okay, he took him out with one punch. I got to watch out for him. The next encounter is going to be, I'm going to dial it up maybe a notch or two. Maybe make the NPC a little little more powerful. So to me, it does not matter in a convention game whether or not the players are as powerful or something like that. Although that doesn't mean you don't have to pay attention. Because like a mutant future game, and any kind of post-apocalyptic game when you're dealing with mutants, you got to pay attention. It's almost as to me, it's almost worse than than supers. Supers, you pretty much know what you're getting into. Things like Gamma World and Mutant Future, it's a it's a power grab bag. So you've got to you've got to take that into consideration, and also monitor your table. Keep an eye on your table. Check the mood. Things are dragging, turn that dial, pick it up. If things are going too fast, you can do an, an interlude, slow it down, things like that. But as far as pregens go, I wouldn't worry about the power level so much. Remember my benchmarks? Now, that to me is an effort of to 
because I need a starting point to know when I can dial something up or dial something back. And benchmarks are great for that. That's why, and because, and it also makes writing up stuff like monsters and NPCs real easy. So, because all you can do, like Savage Rules does it all the time. Take the such and such template and just make, give them this and this, and you're done. So, there's that. And just make sure you have, like, you know, your notes and everything. And make sure you have a piece of paper lined or graph, a pad of paper, so you can make the notes and mark. I like, I prefer grid paper because you can make a quick dungeon and also you can tick off hit points of mooks, you know, that you don't, that you got to keep track of in D&D or whatever. But anyway, so that's pretty much my suggestion on that. Don't worry so much about the power level in convention games. Because you can all, you can do things in a convention game you cannot do at your regular campaign. If you can do them, more power to you. I haven't been able to. You know, I'd love to be. I'm I'm want to work up to the. I mean, right now I'm working on thinking on my feet, which I'm getting a real a lot better at in ad living. But then I want to do like, okay, we're going to dial this back. We're going. You can do it. You can get to that point. But I'm saying for a convention game, you can do that exclusively. And, you know, maybe even apply it to your regular game. Anyway, i got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can get a hold of me at and uh, drop a voicemail on Anchor. That, and we're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help me support help support this program. And I would thank you. Thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, and John Allen. You guys are great. Do not forget Dan Gregg's Young Y-U-N-G Grognard podcast and two more that are on anchor, Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Owlbear and John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diary. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Radio Grognard.